0: Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. What I want to talk about today is actually I strongly believe that God desires to break through into our reality. And he's going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. Um, Who's ever struggled hearing the voice of God? Show of hands. Struggle hearing the voice of God, yeah. Who's ever struggled hearing? You know what I, mean? I mean, that's me. Like my wife comes up to me and she she's like she's like, uh, "Are you listening to me?" And I said, "I said, like, no, 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 sweetie, I'm sorry. I was praying, I was praying that you would move two feet this way because I'm trying to watch the Bears game." But <laughs> but I think the challenge the challenge with our faith and struggling to try to hear God's voice. The challenge is not the inability to hear God's voice. Because in John 10, it clearly says that he is the shepherd. And the, sh- and the sheep, us, we know his voice. If we know his voice, then we're going to follow it. You know his voice in some way, shape, or form because you're here on a Saturday morning and you're not watching basketball. Did you guys know the term? You're welcome to leave if you need to go. Go. So how do we we look at this challenge? I think the challenge really is to clear the distractions from our lives and we listen to that desire enough to be able to hear God's voice. That we're not just entering into this when we need something. We're not just entering into this when we have a problem that must be answered. But we're entering into listening to the voice of God in a different way for the sheer fact that we are his beloved sons. And he desires, as a good father, he desires to speak to us. Whenever the Lord does a miracle, uh, does a healing, does something extraordinary in our lives, he is always trying to anchor our affections in a world we cannot see. He's trying to anchor our affections in a world that we cannot see. We have the natural and the supernatural. And my brothers, we are called to be that conduit. We are called to be those agents that connect the two. And as we continue to strive to listen to God's voice, I think it's very important that we don't emphasize our inability To hear God's voice but it would be wiser for us to focus on God's ability to be heard we have to focus on God's ability to be heard just in the same way if we're having a conversation and someone's not hearing you what do you do you speak up you move closer you reach over and you turn up their hearing aid for them if you must Right, You're entering into that. And just as we in our humanity know how to make sure that we are heard, so in God's divinity, of course, he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that we hear his voice. To hear God's voice, it doesn't matter how loud it is around us. What really matters is how loud it is within us. I think we forget that. Because there is so much noise, more than ever before in our history, how do we make sure that we are clearing out that noise and we are entering ourselves into a place where we can receive what God has specifically for us? Us. I want to share with you this morning of a couple instances in the last year and a half of where God has broken through my reality. It hasn't been the easiest year and a half, but I can tell you it's been one of the most powerful times that I've ever had in my relationship with Christ. In September of 2017, my mom came down with a, uh, a tumor inside her liver. She had a lot of pain. There's a lot of inflammation. And so took her to the doctor, and they ran a bunch of tests. They say, we gotta, we got to do some scopes. we got to do a bunch of things. And all of a sudden, it just boom, 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 boom. Let me back up a second. Let me introduce you to my mom. So here's a picture of my mom. That's me and my mom. That's, that's her Easter tree. Okay, this gives you an idea of my mom. Okay. She didn't take down her Christmas tree. She just went from Christmas to Valentine's Day to St. Patrick's Day right into Easter. And then she'd stick flags on it for 4th um, for of July, right? And then God bless my stepdad, he's like, can we take the thing down now? And she's like, no. And he's like, all right, fine, let's work for me, leave it up. And so it just like stayed up all year long. But my mom, her name is Melissa Ann. Everyone called her Lissa. She taught learning disabled children for about 30 years. Uh, She had the patience of a saint. She raised my older sister um, and myself um, by herself for the first many years until my stepdad came into the picture for the last 25 or so years. Praise God. Um... You knew that you were loved by my mom. Like, there was never a doubt that, like, I was cherished by my mother. I was probably the favorite child. That's probably true. But I was cherished, okay, by my mother, and I knew it. But everyone that my mom came in contact with, they knew that they were cherished, because that's how my mom made everyone feel. Her favorite color was yellow. Yellow. And it matched her joy, her bright, sunny disposition with everything uh, that she was. And we're going to put up some pictures of some yellow flowers because um, yellow was my mom's favorite color by a long shot. And so um, these become very significant, um, which I will share with you in a few moments. So I recall in mid-September that... Um, my mom just went through a, a pretty painful procedure and she had a big scope down her throat and and she has been dealing with health problems. She beat breast cancer back in 2000 and, and uh, she's had a lot of significant problems. And so she had this scope that was done and I said, well, why don't I stay the night with you at St. Joe's? I said, it'll be fun. It'll be like a sleepover. So went home, I got my stuff, came in, got my little, you know, my little, uh, my little cot and uh, I just camped out with my mom, and it was about eight o'clock, and I'm like, all right, mom, you better start settling down. You bet it's time to go to bed, and she just started to ask me questions, right? So what's going on with you right now? Like, what's your greatest joy right now? Like, what are you struggling with right now? How's your heart? And we would just share stories from my childhood. She would share stories from her childhood. We would just talk. We talked for two and a half hours that night. She's not supposed to be talking, she just had a scope down her throat, but she just wanted to talk to her son. How beautiful. And uh, during part of, the, part of the night, there's a lady that came in to draw blood. And this gives you an idea of my mom. So she came in, and she's like, oh, you need some blood? Sure, sweetie. What's your arm? What do you want? You know, and she's you know, getting all set. And she's like, what's your name, sweetie? Called everybody sweetie. What's your name, sweetie? Katy. Katie. 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 I've got a question for you. Katie, do you have a lot of meetings around here? Katie's like, yeah, we have some, have some meetings every once in a while. OK, um, well, I have one little critique. She said, the toilet paper, well, sweetie, it's kind of like camping. <laughs> and I just start smiling. And she goes, like, I'd really like that really thick, like three-ply Charmin. That would be great. <laughs> and Katie just kind of looks back at her. And, and so my mom says, no, 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 I'm sorry. I don't want to gripe. It's great. It's great toilet paper, if you're camping, right? And so, Katie draws the blood. She walks out. She looks down at me in my little cot, and she goes, "Well, I guess we're camping, right?" <laughs> we talked for a little bit longer, and uh, and then we kind of got quiet. We said a prayer together, and I said, "Get some sleep, mom. Let's talk more in the morning." Several minutes went by, and I wrote this down because it was so significant to me at the time. Completely quiet, and then all of a sudden, out of the silence, she asked, Scotty, have you ever felt you're not as close to God as you want to be? Two days before, I was reading St. Teresa of Lisieux. That exact question was one that St. Therese spoke about. She spoke about how that question, she wanted to be closer to God, and a lot of her suffering of St. Therese was caused because she desired this closeness with our Lord. And there was still something there. And I remember saying to my mom, I said, Mom, I said, that's the question of a saint. I said, I think God has you right where he wants you right now. I said, keep desiring that deep communion with God, and he'll give you everything you need. She said, I love you, Scotty. I love you too, Mom. I remember laying down in my bed, grasping my rosary, and the heavens just, just saying, it's going to be Okay, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. Shortly after that conversation, it was discovered that nothing more could really be done for my mother, and uh, she was moved to a hospice facility, and. It's a great facility, and the people over there were incredible. One of the nurses that was actually there was one of her former nurses, like, 15, 20 years ago. Like, the way that God just puts things into place. And so there was this comfort in there. But I remember sitting there in the room, and it was early October, and I was, uh, I was sitting in, it was about 7 a.m. in the morning, and I was just by myself, and my mom was still sleeping, and I was simply just praying Um, over her, and just allowing the Spirit just to be present. Now, I had this prompting in my heart, and it said, pray to your guardian angel. And it was so clear. Pray to your guardian angel. Now, back up a year before that, I was at a Steubenville conference down in Tucson, 2,000 other teens, and I had the same prompting. Pray to your guardian angel. And so I started praying to my guardian angel at that time, and my guardian angel revealed his name to me as Marcus. And I said, Okay. Now, we're not supposed to name our guardian angels, right? They're not pets. But at the same time, like, this was revealed to me, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go with this. Now, from that point, for the next year or so, any time I would start to pray to my guardian angel, I couldn't think of the name Marcus. Instead, the name Harland came on first. But as soon as I grabbed the name Harland, the name Marcus followed, And I thought, this is weird. So I took time just kind of praying over that and and thinking about that. What does this mean? I was talking to a couple people, and they said, maybe you have two guardian angels. I said, okay, that would be interesting. Um, God knows I could use them. So I was praying into that, and that morning, that came back when I was sitting in my mother's bedside. And they said, just this prompting of pray. Pray to your guardian angels. I said, okay. So I sat there, and I was praying. And I said, Lord, if I have two guardian angels... Let the number two be so significant at this moment. And instantly, my phone in my back pocket just goes, bzz, bzz. I was like, that's pretty good, pretty timely. Okay, thank you. Not that I'm questioning you, Lord, but like, if you could give me like one more, like right in my face, right? We always want more. One more right in my face, because I really need to know. Like, because I don't want to just be praying to two guardian angels if I only got one. I don't make them feel bad up there. You know, like, hey, you should do the work of two. So I'm like, just one more sign. Nurse walks in, not more than two seconds later. Nurse walks in. She goes, good morning, Scott. She walks over to the whiteboard where the date is written. She wipes off the one. She writes on a two and walks out. The only freaking thing that she did was change the date. I'm like, are you going to check on my mom? Are you going to do it? That was for me. Okay, Lord, I got you. Again, the Lord breaking through my reality. And instantly in that moment, it was like I could envision my two guardian angels escorting my mom into the gates of heaven. And I just started to weep with comfort and joy. She's going to be okay. A year later, I'm doing a talk on guardian angels, and I come to realize, oh yeah, October 2nd, that day that I was praying, oh by the way, that's the feast of guardian angels in our church. Do you think that God wants to break through our reality, gentlemen? Do you think that he wants to break into our world and give us these messages to give us this comfort, to give us this hope? Of course he does. And he's just begging for that. As I'm sharing these stories, I hope that something is welling up within you where you can recognize maybe different times in your life and that we can be more attentive to the Spirit where as we go forth we know that the Spirit is there and more of these things will come up for us where we will have comfort and peace. Fast forward to this last summer, summer of 2018. I was with my wife's family on an Alaskan cruise. We were celebrating a lot of different things on my wife's side of the family, and it was incredible. One morning we were stopped, and I believe it was in Ketchikan, and we were in port. It was early in the morning. I went out on the deck to kind of went for a, go for a little morning walk. Um, my mom's favorite song was On Eagle's Wings by a long shot. When we were planning her funeral, she said, can Paul just play On Eagle's Wings for, like, my entire funeral mass? I said, well, I think he might get a little bored of that, you know? And he's like, well, it's not his funeral, honey, so maybe... And I was like, okay, Mom, we'll talk about it. So she loved On Eagle's Wings. So there I am on the, on the deck, and I've seen a couple eagles from this point. But I was on the deck, and there was two eagles that were sitting on this dam as I went out on, on the third deck. And instantly in that moment, in the silence of that morning, I just heard on eagles' wings. Now, from my mother's death, which was October 17th, to that day... I had a really hard time uh, connecting with my mom. My mom said before she died, she said, now, Scotty, you need to pray because that's how we're going to stay connected. I said, okay. She said, and teach your sister how to pray so we can stay connected. I said, all right, we're going to pray, Mom. We're going to pray. And so that time I was trying to pray and I was trying to enter in, but I felt so far from my mom. Like, we all grieve in different ways, and I just felt so separated from her. But that morning on the deck, I was overcome with emotion. Just when I saw these two eagles on eagles' wings, and it came up and it welled up in me, and I thought, Mom, you're here, aren't you? Like, I can feel you. And I walked around the other side of the deck, and there was a tour boat that was Cooling out on the back of the tour boat had the name of that boat, Melissa Ann. Okay, Mom, I got you. The peace and comfort that I felt in that moment cannot be explained. Where I was so far I lost my mom. I lost my best friend. How does this work? So much comfort. And then she said, I felt her deep in my heart, saying, every time that you see yellow flowers, I want you to know that I am right there with you. Okay, mom. I look around. No yellow flowers. I, was like, I know, I still, you know I, still, I still know you're here, mom. Went up. Got ready for the day. We were getting ready for an excursion in Ketchikan, and we went down. And long, you know, as long as from here to like the Daily Mass Chapel was this gangplank where we were when we were walking out. And when we were walking out, started to walk out, and then I just had to stop. And everybody else was in front of me. Every three feet, there was a pot, just yellow flowers. Every three feet. And my little girl who was behind me, Faith, who's now 14, going to be 14 this week, she, she, uh, she's got such a beautiful and pure heart. And I said, she's like, are you okay, Daddy? And I said, I said, Faith, I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me this morning. Now, this was a girl who's got such a sensitive soul that months before, I heard her crying in her room, and I went in. I said, are you okay? She goes, I just miss Grandma. And we just sat, and we just prayed. I just held her. That's her heart. So I said, you won't believe what happened. And so I explained to her about the eagles and on eagles' wings and, and the ship that went out that was called the Melissa Ann, and she just lights up. And she goes, oh, Grandma. I said, yeah. So... We're just enjoying all these flowers as we're going down this path. And we turn, and there is a path that we're going down that has a lot of greenery on each side. As we go down the path, my mom just wouldn't stop. There was seven different types of yellow flowers. No other type of flowers except for yellow. That was the only color. But yellow flowers. And my little daughter and I were giddy with what God was doing in our hearts and it was magnificent heaven reaching down to earth saying it's going to be okay i got you you're good your mom's good your grandma's good um Last, uh, last January, two months ago, I went um, on a uh, spiritual direction uh, to be trained as a spiritual director. It's a three-year process. I went to Clearwater, Florida. And as I went to Clearwater, Florida, um, I sat, um, we have three holy hours a day as I'm, I'm being trained to be a spiritual director. And so then we had like three holy hours a day and there was, it was very intense days. And in one of those holy hours, at the very beginning of this process, I sat outside, and you could see the water, and it was just really peaceful, and I was praying. And I had my head back, and I'm just simply praying, and I, again, felt this presence, and someone said, Look down and to your left. And I thought, that's very specific. (laughs) Look down into your left. So I looked down, and I looked to my left. And these are the hibiscus flowers that I saw. Now, there was a garden that was probably the size of this stage. Okay? And as I looked down to my left, the only flowers in the garden were these yellow flowers. That two weeks was some of the most powerful spiritual experience of my life because I was just entering into what God was having for me. I was allowing myself to be poured into I think sometimes as men, we always focus on pouring out, right? We're always trying to pour out. We're trying to pour out into our families. We're trying to pour out into our kids. We're trying to pour out into our grandkids. We're trying to be present in all these different ways. And I was allowing myself for the first time in a while to be poured into. And as I was being poured into, like, again, my mom just showing up. It's okay. You're good. Just know that you're loved that the realm of heaven has you. Later that week, um, I walk into the church where we had mass every morning at 8.30, and what was there, sitting right at the base of the altar, one dozen yellow roses. So this is becoming a thing with me and my mom. Just kind of a thing. Why do I share these stories this morning with you? Sometimes God's going to take our most difficult times. And sometimes He will allow us to enter into these times. And as long as our eyes are wide open, we will see the grace of God come down. And we will experience the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in the way that only the Holy Spirit can, so that we can know of His love. And he doesn't just want this with big things and special occasions. He wants this all the time. He constantly desires us to be open, to center and quiet our hearts so that we can see the face of God in a different way. So that we can see the face of God in our fellow brothers, our dads, our sons. As we go forth from today, I invite us to see with the eyes of heaven. Because it's there for us to see. And if that's something that we've struggled with in our lives, I invite you to sit into it. I had to sit with it for eight months of feeling so alone and isolated from my mom until she just breaks through my reality. What is that for you? How is God calling you into his heart? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your love. We thank you for the gift of us gathering on this morning as men. And we ask that we would always be a source of encouragement for those in this room. That we'd be a source of strength for our families. And that we would only get that strength from you and your merciful love. We ask you to fill us with the gifts of the Spirit that you know that we need, Lord God. So that we can go out and be the men that you continually call us to be. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Saint Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission.